Welcome to the Pokes Cast. I'm Ryan Thorburn, the Wyoming beat writer for the Casper Star Tribune. Uh, check out my coverage of all things Cowboys and Cowgirls at trib.com and follow me on Twitter at uh, by underscore Ryan Thorburn. Robert Gagliardi, how are you, my friend? Doing well, Ryan. How are you doing? I'm doing great. So Wyoming's coming off uh, a big 28-14 homecoming win over Utah State. Uh, Titus Swin and company ran roughshod through the Aggies, and uh, Wyoming's defensive line had incredible pressure on true freshman quarterback Bishop Davenport. So Andrew Peasley grabs the rifle as Levi Williams watches helplessly from the sideline. Uh, kind of an interesting game. I think we kind of talked about how the the main outside storyline was the quarterback swap, but that you know it was time for Titus Swin to get going, and, and we nailed that one. Yeah, you absolutely did, Ryan. And you know it was great to see Titus have a big game, and DQ James got in the in the mix and stuff. And it just, but it was odd, Ryan, where. You know, Wyoming dominated that game statistically, you know, and then that you look at the score and you look in the fourth quarter when it's still a game, you know, it's in doubt, at least the score, and you kind of scratch your head. But at this time of year or at any time, you know, a win's a win. And it was a very good performance by Wyoming, you know, late start, homecoming, you know, you know, the storylines that we thought, you know, didn't really necessarily transpire, but a very dominating defensive effort by Wyoming. Yeah, sure. Utah State was down to its four-string quarterback. Still, those guys are on scholarship and to to dominate like it did and, and to see the run game and, you know, some big plays in the passing game. I think, you know, Wyoming, a successful Wyoming offense is going to be very similar to that. You know, a very good run game, hit the big plays when you can in the pass game. And that's that's how Craig Bull and, and company wants to win games offensively. And, and they did it. And, uh, but again, it, you know, again, you can't. Maybe I'm being a little nitpicky, but for as much as Wyoming dominated that game, I'm, you know, that score probably should have been 35 or 42 to 14. I'm not sure if it even should have gotten to 14 to that matter. But a win's a win. It's a very good win. Uh, the bye week helped them, and now let's, uh, you know, we're getting uh, getting close to November, and Wyoming's still in the mix for the division title, and some very big games coming up next. Yeah, I think Wyoming was about to blow them out. And then obviously Wyatt Wheeland had the muffed punt and that kind of uh, flipped the the momentum a little bit. Wyoming continued to just pour it on as far as total yardage and really dominated that and, and kept Utah State in check. You know, credit to Wyatt. He recovered from that, uh, what could have been a costly error and came back and had, you know, six catches for 94 yards. You know, we've talked all year about how Craig Bull has changed. I think maybe in years past when you were covering the team, if a guy muffed a punt like that and, and made a mistake that, you know, crucial that really turned a blowout into a, a tight game, you know, maybe they just benched the kid. But instead, Bull goes over and says, are you okay, Wyatt? He's like, coach, I'll never drop the ball again. And and he didn't even in the passing game. So, so that was kind of cool. Uh, for Wyatt to bounce back like that. I mean, Peasley, you know, good for him. He had 199 yards. They had, you know, some explosive plays in the passing game, but he's still just 13 out of 26. I think they're leaving a lot on the table in the passing game. They need to get get that completion percentage back up over 60. Um, You know, I'm sure he didn't have nerves, but I'm sure he was a little anxious or a little, you know, he described it as, quote, weird, 
situation. You know, he goes out, you know, to to midfield at the beginning of the game, and one of the Utah State captains is a guy that uh, Andrew's going to be in his wedding later this this year, and you know that guy's trying to talk smack to to Andrew, but it's really just they're just friends, you know, and it's it's kind of strange to compete against one another. So I think Andrew's glad that's over. I think probably the team is too, and, and that they got the win and and that storylines in the rear view mirror. But, um, you know, that's two years in a row where Titus Swin has put it on Utah state. I mean, you know, it's, it's the closest thing Wyoming has to a rival in that state right now, as far as the conference goes without BYU and Utah. And you gotta love Titus, you know, just, owning those guys you know Ryan we talked last week about how you know you mentioned you know we need to kind of start we need to kind of see the the old Titus Swin so to speak you know the guy that you know to really come out maybe you know we we taught you know he'd been banged up he had some rib injury you know he'd been banged up in the first uh part of this season you know did you see a a, a re-energized a healthy Titus Swin or was it just you know, like you said he, he owned Utah State last year too so was it matchups was it a re-energized Titus Swin was it a more emphasis to him in your eyes as the game transpired and how it played out what, what did you think the difference was in Titus Swin last Saturday number one is the health he's completely healthy right now you know he did had the rib injury throughout the first part of the season and it was painful and he played through it and he had a few good games but not dominant dominant games like this one uh, I think it's confidence in the offensive line um Craig Bull, you know, took the team out of the hotel to kind of get them stretched in, in the middle of the day and get, you know, some fresh air and, and put his arm around Titus and went for a walk. And and just to get his state of mind, he's like, Coach, I already got this. This this is going to happen. I've got it this week. And it was just a confidence he had in the matchup. You know, for whatever reason, Wyoming's offensive line matches up really well with Utah State's def- defensive front. You know, and you've got, you know, a redshirt freshman in there like Jack Walsh dominating. Uh, and then the other guard, you know, Zach Watts had a, a pancake block on the on Titus's, uh, I think it was his last touchdown. And then Wyoming went ahead and run the, ran the exact same play for the two-point conversion, which is a statement like, we can do whatever we want against you right now. Mm-hmm. Well, cer- certainly good to see. And then you look at the, the defense, Ryan, you know, look, I remember talking early in the season where, you know, there was a lot other than Goodbow and um, Bernoulli, you know, what's what's the depth going to be like in the middle, you know, and the, all the young defensive ends that I know that s- seem to have a lot of promise and the coaches were excited about, but we hadn't really seen a lot of proven stats or, or film on these guys, you know, and Devon Harris with three sacks, you know, Wyoming's among the leaders in sacks in this league. I mean, it just seems like every week, Ryan, someone else is kind of, rising or, or, or showing up, so to speak, in the stat sheet, at least uh, among this defensive line. And I, I, I got to say, at least to me at this point in the season, one of the biggest surprises or pleasant surprises with this team is the play of this defensive line. W- would you agree with that? Yeah, I just posted a story at trip.com about that. Devon Harris, he was, it was his turn this week, three sacks. He's got seven on the year. You know, uh, Olu has had his moments, uh, Bray, Brandon Siders, or is it Braden Siders? Brandon Siders. That trio has 18 sacks, and that was a huge question mark coming in to the season. Uh, you know, they lost, you know, obviously Garrett Crawl ran out of eligibility. 
Solomon Bird goes to USC, Jalen Pay goes to Northwestern, and and the kid that they were really high on to fill the the role there, Sebastian Harsh goes down with a season-ending knee injury right before the Illinois game. So uh, kudos to these three guys. And and Harris is you know a sophomore. Siders is a redshirt freshman, and, and Omotosho is a redshirt freshman. So the future is really bright there. As a team, they have 25 sacks, which ranks sixth in total sacks in the FBS right now. I would have never guessed if you would have said Wyoming would be among the nation's sack leaders at this point of the season based on what we see on what we saw on paper coming into the season. I would have probably lost some money on that bet. But uh, that's been really good to see. And uh, um, hopefully they can keep it up because it's, you know, the, the tests are going to get tougher and tougher as the season goes on, especially in this stretch run. But man, that's, that's been really good to see. And, you know, like you said, Ryan, you like to think what the future holds with so many of those guys being young, you know, a lot of redshirt freshmen you mentioned there. So that's uh that's very encouraging. Yeah. And this is two weeks in a row. You know, you mentioned it, they dominated the game, but Utah state has possession, you know, in a one score game in the fourth quarter. And you're like, you know, crazy things can happen. They get a fluke touchdown here. They win by one point. And that's two weeks in a row. You know, the defense obviously, you know, up six, uh, New Mexico pin back. They get the pick six to close that game out, uh, a game that they had pretty good game control, but again, a one-score game late. And then this week they get the the defensive stop, and then, and then Swin finishes it off with his third touchdown run and the two-point conversion to make it a 14-point game. So, you know, if you're looking at the glass half full, you would say – and I've talked to some of the defensive players that gives them a lot of confidence that they've closed out two games in a row on defense, essentially. And if you're looking at the glass half empty, it's like, okay, you know, the offense is is running the ball better and they're, you know, taking advantage of, you know, some weaker opponents, but you, you need to put some more points up on the board and, and put these games away. You know, I think Craig Bull and the staff would like to have a blowout win at some point and maybe, get some freshmen or some younger players into games and get a look at them uh, because they're inside of uh, four games remaining now. And you can do that without giving up red shirts. And do you think Ryan too, that maybe it's, yeah, I agree. I think whether it's the coaches and I'm sure a lot of Wyoming fans would like to see a, you know, a, a, some, a, a blowout win or some, some blowout wins coming up, but maybe that even though this offense has, has made some strides and, you know, it certainly had its ups and downs, but I think that's fair enough to say that maybe, there's there, there's going to come a time where maybe this offense is going to need to put a game away, so to speak. You know, it seemed like last week, the way it was moving the ball, obviously, that it very easily could have done that at, at numerous points of that game. Do you think that a time's going to come, whether it's, you know, this coming week in Hawaii or anywhere down the road where it's it's sooner or later, this offense is going to have to put a game away? Do you, do you kind of kind of sense that a little bit? Well, I think they're going to have to execute very well to give themselves a chance to beat Boise State in a few weeks. I think Boise State has the best defense in the conference, and they're winning with defense and running game and an efficient quarterback all of a sudden. And, you know, that's going to be a big game. And then uh, the finale at Fresno State, there could be high stakes there. You could have Jake Hayner back. You might have to score a bunch of points to pull that game out. So, uh, you know, it's hard to say that they need to – to have some fireworks to be Hawaii and Colorado state. They're next to opponents who are, you know, really struggling this year. Um, but eventually, yeah, if you want to make this a, a season, remember the offense is going to have to, to do some heavy lifting for sure. 
right? And you know whether that means I don't know, that doesn't have to mean like a blowout when that means like you know it's it's fourth quarter, it's three you know three four minutes left, and you need a touchdown to win, so to speak. You know, so I'm just wondering again. I guess you kind of saw that in the Tulsa game where yeah, that game was back and forth a lot, but obviously the offense showed up when it needed to then. So I'm not certainly not trying to come down on the offense a hundred you know completely here, but. You know, it's great to see the defense do that. And like you said, Ryan, it gives them confidence that they can, you know, get stops when they need to and, and do those types of things. But I think at some point we're going to need to see this offense do the same types of things or at least be maybe more consistent in doing those types of things. Yeah, and you mentioned DQ James. I mean, that to me is an element that we've been waiting for. You know, Tim Polasek, I talked to him on Monday, the offensive coordinator. And, you know, I asked just, was this just a, situation where you had an open date and extra time and it was time to get you know some new packages in there for for dq and essentially you know dq apparently had a hamstring injury most of the season similar to titus with the ribs and he was just healthy now so it was his time to get into the rotation and it wasn't that they were holding him back or anything he had an injury so he wasn't the explosive dq uh that that we saw the other night and you know Craig Bull said uh, initially Utah State's defensive front was shutting things down in the middle, so they turned it over to DQ to get to the edge, and and that's just a, a nice combination with Swin's powerful running, DQ James' speed, and he can also break tackles, even though he's only five foot seven. Uh, that that could be a, a fun combination down the stretch, and you know I wouldn't write off Dewyan McNeely just yet. You know he's a, a really talented guy who's wearing a club on one hand right now due to some nerve damage, but you know, I could see him down the stretch being a factor. So I, I think Wyoming's running game is where they typically wanted it starting to get there for sure. Yeah. Nice to, you know, have that, have that depth. And now that depth is seems like it's, it, it got healthy over the bye week and hopefully they can stay healthy, you know, down the stretch run. I'm curious more in the passing game. We saw, you know, obviously Tristan Welch has become a very as a favorite target of Andrew Peasley. Uh, the O'Brien kid kind of, you know, the 46 yard play there, you know, we're seeing Wyoming use the tight ends more, which I think, you know, we've been talking about. And I know I, even when I was covering Tim, probably writing about seemed like for a decade, almost, you know, you mentioned Wheeland had a good game, you know, how are you kind of assessing the wide receivers though, Ryan? I mean, again, they're not putting up huge numbers every game anyway, so it's not like, you know, but are the you know are the receivers at where you maybe thought they would? You know, um, you know, Pelsier's not back yet. Hopefully, that gives him a little boost too. You know, you know, maybe Josh Cobbs is still the kind of the number one guy, but you know, you, we don't hear from him a lot. But you know, maybe teams are taking him away. I, I'm just kind of curious your take on on the wide receivers and maybe not them just individually, but just how they've melded into the passing game and if teams are taking them away and the tight ends are open. What, what's kind of just your your observations with some of that at this point? Well, I think it's pretty clear that uh, Andrew Peasley really likes Wyatt Wheeland and they have a great chemistry right now. I think that's good to see. I think he's kind of a, a healthier, more athletic Aiden Eberhardt, who's a, a very productive player for Wyoming. So I think that's uh, a guy they really feel good about. You know, like I said, Bull didn't hesitate to keep him in there even after his, his miscue with the punt. So uh, I think Wyatt's a really important piece of this. Uh, you know, Joshua Cobbs is kind of MIA, but I think if, especially against Hawaii and Colorado State, if if they can establish the run like they did before, you know, once they did that against Utah State, all of a sudden, Wyatt Whelan's like, okay, we're in man-to-man -man now. I have to beat it. And he did, and credit to him. And 
you know, I think Peasley saw that, that, okay, Wyatt's in one-on-one and he's going to beat it. And that's, that's what it was. And, and I think, you know, if they can keep the running game going, eventually Josh Cobbs is going to beat one-on-one coverage for a big play and maybe he'll get back in the groove. You know, I think he was having a good season and he's been quiet lately. You know, I, I just don't think he's a true number one. I think he's, like we saw last year when they had Nayor, he's a great number two or a, a really promising number two. So I think they're still missing a number one receiver, but I, I really do like, you know, Whelan's productivity and, and Cobb's potential. I'll put it that way. And and when you mix in a trait and Welch, you know, he's kind of like an explosive player. So even though he's a tight end, he's, he's probably, uh, you know, one B so to speak, you know, in the, in the, touchdown category at least he's very productive so they've got some things cooking there you know Alex Brown is a physical freak he had the one target you know at the end of the second quarter when they were trying to make something happen and it, and they just didn't connect it'd be nice to see him just get the ball in his hands and we just haven't seen that right you mentioned Alex Brown and Ryan you know how surprised were you you know that 19 seconds left in the first half you know, one has the ball, you know, usually we see him just take a knee, get in the locker room and I get him, you know, but you know, they, they took a couple chances and was able to get into, you know, scoring position and get some points. How, how surprised were you with that? And how just kind of, what are your thoughts on that? Cause I'll, I'll be honest. I, so I was just, I was very, very surprised that that was what Wyoming ended up doing in that scenario. I was shocked. I was expecting for Peasley to, to take a knee and, I was going to go grab, uh, you know, another Chick-fil-A sandwich or whatever and get on with halftime. But, I mean, it's great to see. That's the right call. I mean, you have timeouts. You have 19 seconds. Uh, Yes, you have a lot of field to go, but you have John Hoyland. So I think the key was that first completion. And then, obviously, they they got the deep ball uh, to Whelan to get in field goal range. So, it's great to see. And they even took the shot to Brown, you know, in the end zone that was incomplete before the field goal. So that proved to be huge. I mean, we talked about how the game ended up being very close deep into the fourth quarter. I mean, that was a huge momentum boost to, to, to add on those three points at the end of, of, of the second quarter. And I, I just remember last year at Boise state, you know, their end of half, beginning of half scenario was a disaster and they were still in that game. But it, that's another evolution of Craig Bowl. I think he's listening to uh, the analytic aspect of the game in situations like that and trusting uh, Tim Polasek to make some calls and for Peasley not to make a huge mistake in that situation. It's big because it, against good teams or even teams, you, you t- need to take advantage of every second you have the ball. Right, right. So, you know, a great one. Now they got to go on the road and make a, you know, 3,000 plus mile road trip. And I read your stuff that they haven't won since, uh, won in Hawaii in 25 years, going back to the Dana Dimmel era. Yeah. I mean, uh, there was that 16 year gap where they weren't in the same conference, of course. But uh, Craig Bull is 0 2 in Honolulu and and looking to get that uh, Paniolo trophy. Is that how you pronounce it? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, the yeah. uh, Hawaiian Cowboy Trophy on the on the flight home, and uh, we'll we'll pick that game and get you know into the the details of it. But uh, let's go ahead and pick. There's only four Mountain West games this weekend, all on Saturday. Uh, believe it or not, breaking news right here on the podcast. I went five and one last week. Nice. Um, still 
significantly under 500 for the season. You went four and two. We're both making people money last weekend or maybe costing them money if, if they're proving <laughs> us. Um, so we're, we're, we're getting hot down the stretch like Wyoming here. So let's keep it rolling. All right. Let's start out um, Colorado State plus 27 at Boise State. I don't believe the Rams. I think they're in the same boat as the Cowboys. I don't think they've ever won on the blue turf, and that's where they're headed this weekend. You know, Colorado State's been in some games recently against, you know, the bottom half. Um, They pulled out a nice win against Hawaii late last weekend. So they're showing signs of life, but still, I just love the way Boise State has turned their season around, Um, you know, it looked pretty bleak after UTEP, as we've discussed, firing your offensive coordinator and, and Hank Bachmeyer goes in the portal. But since then, they're they're unstoppable and they're in control of the Mountain Division right now. Plus 27 is a lot of points, but I am going to – I think I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to take the Broncos because I just don't see Colorado State's offense mustering much of anything against Boise State's defense. I think Boise wins, you know, about – 35 to six, something like that. So I will take the Broncos. Yeah. Well, Colorado State's never beaten Boise State, period, whether it's been Boise before Collins or the moon. So, uh, and I don't see that changing this week, but it is a lot of points, Ryan. You know, and it just seems like I agree. I think Boise's turned it around or they figured some stuff out. And, you know, but that's just a lot of points. I think Colorado State is is making enough strides, not enough strides to beat them, but I think they're making enough strides to maybe cover that. So I'm going to, I'm going to take the the Rams and the points, but certainly not going to outright pick the Rams to win that game. Yeah. By the way, that game's at 5 PM Saturday on FS one. Uh, if you're a Wyoming fan and, and a mountain West junkie, you can pretty much watch all of the mountain West games as you're preparing to stay up into the wee hours to watch. <laughs> Hawaii. Um, next up is, San Diego State plus eight and a half at Fresno State, 8.30 p.m. on FS1. So it'll follow the uh, Broncos and Sheep. Um, San Diego State, you know, they're okay on defense. They're okay running the ball. As we've talked about, they're not good at quarterback. Fresno State had just a awful non-conference, but they're starting to show signs of life. They had the big home win against San Jose State a couple of weeks ago, and they went – to Albuquerque and and pasted the Lobos last weekend. So minus eight and a half is a lot for a Fresno team that lost to UConn earlier this season, but much like Boise state, they've really turned things around and have a shot at getting to the championship game. I'm going to go with the dogs to cover that. I think they went by 10, you know, in the 24, 14 range, I'll take the dogs to beat the Aztecs and cover I'm I'm with you there. That's also a rivalry game uh, for both those schools. They play for some oil can or something like that. Um, you know, and now, you know, Hayner's been out for a while now, right now, you know, the, I think Fife's the last name of the quarterback and you know, not that he's been lighting the world on fire, but he's had his moments and I'm sure, I don't know if Hayner's going to be back for this game or I'm sure he's going to be back at some point, but uh, it's in Fresno. It's in Fresno, right? It is. Yeah. I, um, I think I'll go. I think I'm going to go with the home team there. I just, if, you know, it's just San Diego State's quarterback situation is just so abysmal. I mean, they're going, I mean, their starting quarterback at the start of the season is a wide receiver now. I mean, um, I think it'll be close, but not that close. I'm gonna I agree with you. I got I like the Bulldogs at home and the points. 
All right, also at 8.30 p.m. Saturday, but on CBS Sports Network is Nevada at San Jose State. The Wolfpack plus 24 and a half. You know, the Wolfpack is just in a, a death spiral. You know, they won a couple games early in the season against poor opponents, but reality has set in. The portal destroyed them. Ken Wilson, we've been through it, you know, what with what happened with uh, Colorado State taking a bunch of players and, and the animosity there. Since that CSU game, which was an awful game, but a close game that CSU pulled out, Nevada is pretty much just can't do anything, really. Mm-hmm. So 24 and a half is a lot, but I'm taking San Jose State to cover that. I think, you know, they could win, you know, 38 to six or whatever they want to win. They're coming off an open date. Unfortunately, they had, you know, their freshman running back was killed in a, in a scooter accident. Um, and they did not play at New Mexico State as scheduled. I, I doubt that'll be made up, but they took that game and postponed it due to that tragedy. So they should be fresh and motivated to to win one for their fallen teammate and to, to stay in the race with the Bulldogs. I like uh, Spartans to, to roll the Wolfpack. I like the Spartans to win, and they'll probably win very convincingly, Ryan, but for whatever reason, and I know you, you, know, you mentioned, Nevada struggles, and you're certainly right. You're probably even under underplaying it a little bit for how much the Wolfpack have struggled. But there's just a part of my guess just telling me that Nevada somehow plays hard enough to where they're going to just cover that spread, you know. And maybe the score won't indicate just that the the whooping that San Jose will put on them. But you never know, too. I mean, you're right. The tragedy there at San Jose State, you really, you know, you really feel for them. Sometimes that can really you know, even bring a team closer together, but sometimes you just never know how kids are going to respond to that. So I, I hope they respond positively, you know, certainly your hearts go out to them, but I, I just got a gut feeling that Nevada is going to find a way somehow to cover that, that 24 points. I'm going to take the points in Nevada in this one. All right. And finally, Wyoming minus 10. I saw it earlier in the week at minus 11, 11 and a half, but right now it's at minus 10, which means, some people are betting on the Warriors uh, at Hawaii. Uh, Nine fifty nine p.m. is the official kickoff time, and I guess just for those uh, curious, from what I understand, you can download Team the Team One app and watch it on your phone or tablet, or you can try to find Spectrum pay per view and, and and pay for the game, which I don't think is cheap, but two ways to to try and watch this on uh, your your smart TVs or your phone or your tablet. It's not on normal television, unfortunately, uh, and it's a 10 p.m. kickoff for Wyoming at Hawaii. Uh, you go first. What do you, what do you think about this matchup? You know, I think it's a game, Ryan, you know, Hawaii is still trying to, you know, find its identity with Timmy Chang as their, you know, as their coach. I think they're making some strides. I think they've certainly improved since the start of the season. You know what, Ryan? I, I think Wyoming finds a way to win this game, but you know they haven't played well. The, obviously, you know they haven't played well. They've lost their last two games there, and granted, some of that was a while ago. They were awful against Hawaii last year, and it's again, it's a different team and different makeup and everything. I think Wyoming's going to find a way to win this game, or it'll be close. But to give a, the road team ten points, and again, you know Wyoming, as much as they've impressed us at times, you know. They find ways to win, and that's all that really matters. But I have a hard time giving up that 10 points. I just think it's going to be a stroke. It's a long way to go. Again, I do think Hawaii's playing a little bit better. I like Wyoming, but I don't like that many points. So I'm going to take 
I'm taking Hawaii in the points here, but I do think Wyoming finds a way to get to, to, to eke this one out. Yeah. I, I was talking to uh, Polisek, as I mentioned, and um, he didn't really know whether to throw out some of Hawaii's stats and games. Like, do you really need to watch, you know, Michigan crushing them, you know, eight weeks ago or, and that sort of thing, or do you just focus in on what they've done lately, which is they're playing bet much better than they were early in the mm-hmm. season. And some of those stats were really skewed. I think Vanderbilt rushed for 400 yards or something in the opener. Um, but if you if you balance all that out, you know, the good and the bad, they're still on average for the season scoring 18.1 points per game, which is 120th, and giving up 34.5 on the season, which is 120th. So they're consistent on both sides of the ball. What I'm saying is Wyoming should – Role. I just don't know if they will. I, I mean, I have this image of last year traveling all the way out to UConn to cover that game, and Wyoming is a four-touchdown favorite and needed a, uh, a to you know to stop a two-point conversion to get out of there with a win. I think this is a much different Wyoming team. I think it has better chemistry um, and it's just a lot stronger in certain areas. Um, so I don't think they're gonna you know, just lay an egg like that against a bad team. And it is a conference game and obviously a trophy game. So uh, I will take, I'll take Wyoming to win and cover. Um, I just like the way, as much as I really want Peasley to improve his completion percentage, I really like the way he's taking care of the ball. I think he only has three interceptions all season. Uh, You look at his counterpart, uh, Braden Schrager, uh, Hawaii's quarterback, even though he's in a friendly Timmy Chang system, they just haven't got that rolling yet. He has only four touchdown passes and six interceptions this season. So I think Wyoming, either their def- defensive line is going to get a strip sack or, you know, one of their corners is going to get a pick. I think they're going to win the turnover battle and that will allow them to, you know, maybe win by two touchdowns. I don't think it's going to be easy. Uh, if it was in Laramie, I think it might be easy this year. Of course, we thought maybe that was the case last year. and It, it was easy for Hawaii. Uh, there's still a few guys like Easton Gibbs that remember that game. You know, there's a lot of newness on both sides, but there's enough Wyoming guys that walked off that field embarrassed that uh, that want to get this trophy uh, on the flight home that the Bulls never been able to do that. So I'll take Wyoming to, you know, win this one you know, in the, uh, you know, 30 to 13 or 30, 16 range, I think they, they get it done. Well, we'll see. Let's hope they can play well over there. And uh, I know reading your stuff, they're not, you know, yeah, you're going to Hawaii. It's going to be warm. The beaches, the ocean, blah, blah, blah. I know it's not a business. It's, it's, it is a business trip. It's not a vacation. And obviously I think you probably hear any team or coach or stuff say those types of things when they have to make that long trip over there, but let's hope Wami can stay focused and, uh, you know, build off the things they did well against Utah State and even these last couple of weeks and see if they can keep this, uh, I'll call it rolling. Let's just keep it moving. How about that? Just keep it moving, keep in the race, get a win, uh, and keep in the, in the division race and, you know, win gets them bowl eligible. I know there's more goals, there's loftier goals than that, but that's, that's something. They get this win, they're bowl eligible, and that's, that says something, I think. Yeah, I think another factor to think about, you know, that you might not normally think about is Wyoming has another open date after this game. So they'll have extra time to prepare for Colorado State. So you can empty the tank. I mean, you need, if I was Craig Bull, you know, what that 
second buy also allows is they don't have to get on a plane right after this game like they normally do. I think the last time they went to Honolulu, they, they lost, flew home, didn't get their body clocks right until like Wednesday of the next week and then went to Fresno State and lost again. I mean, that's brutal back-to-back road games with Honolulu being the first of them. Uh, this time, I think they're gonna they're not going to fly home until the next day on Sunday. You know, maybe if you're bull, you throw out that carrot. We'll go to Waikiki. We'll do whatever you want Sunday morning, and, and come back Sunday night. But uh, you got to get the win first, and I, I think that that could bode well for them. And it certainly bodes well that you don't have to play the border war the following Saturday. You know, getting your body clocks right again. Definitely. You know. You know. Multiple bye weeks are always good. I think it's safe to say the one the previous week help was was great for Wyoming. Couldn't have come at a better time, and maybe this is this is another one. You know, no matter what the outcome is, just to get yourselves right leading into the last three games of the season, two of which are on the road, and then you know against some pretty good opponents, and and then also your your, your biggest rival. So you know, couldn't come at a better time, and no better way to embrace that is hopefully they they come out with a victory. Yeah, I mean, Craig Bull has the one and no mantra, but we don't here on the Pokes cast. Realistically, they should be seven and three and five and one when Boise State comes to Laramie for all of the marbles in the Mountain Division. Uh, unfortunately for Wyoming, I don't think Boise State is going to lose again. So even if you beat them, I think you also probably have to beat Fresno to finish the deal. Um, but certainly that that sets up to be a huge game if Wyoming takes care of uh, this trophy run they're on here and add the uh, Paniolo trophy and and the bronze boot to the uh, the rifle that they collected last week. Yeah, should be good. I you know uh, you know maybe they're going to have to update. Well, that, there's been times that I think they've had all three, but uh, you know that's the fun part of college football too. You know it doesn't make the games, but it's. It's fun to have. I do think, you know, it sounds like Craig Bull embraces rivalry slash trophy games. And I think I think that I I, I kind of got the sense even covering. I think that does mean something to these guys, especially the guys that have been around it a little bit more. Maybe guys that have never been around it, you know, they're trying to learn about it. But I do think that kind of I think that's part of the culture there. I think that I think they do enjoy those things. So, you know, any little thing you can have to to give you a little boost, whether it's last year's performance against Hawaii, another trophy game, whatever you need, you know, take advantage of anything you can. All right, Robert. Well, thanks so much for your time again, everybody. Thank you for listening. Uh, If you are still listening, that means you like this podcast. So go ahead and subscribe to it and give us a five-star review. Robert, have a great weekend. All right. You too, Ryan.